Let's go ahead and pull out our notes. <clears throat> How many of you are aware of the revival that's happening on college campuses? If you are, raise your hand. Okay. All right, so I'm going to spend just a second telling you about it because most of you know. February 8th, Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky, had a normal chapel service. It's a small uh, theological school. Um, they were in a normal chapel service. A message was given and uh, to kind of linger in the presence of the Lord. Um, students, just, that lingering has lasted until today. Spirit of worship and prayer and kind of awe and reverence hit that campus, and they literally went from, there's a, maybe, it's, I don't know how many, I'd be, let's maybe even say there's a thousand students, I don't even know if there's a thousand students. The city of Wilmore is 6,000 people, and over a, you know, a week goes by in that city, that this is happening, and 50,000 people swarm that city, all right? This is mostly Generation Z. Generation Z, according to Google, which is the authority, right, is 11 to 26-year-olds, okay, that this is kind of hitting that group. Now, Asbury is a little bit struggling with housing, and as this began to happen, they were, every facility they had, churches began to open up their facilities for a simulcast, and... This began, it, it wasn't like even a day or two, and it began to spring up in other college campuses. Um, somebody asked me this morning, in, in how many is it now? Like, how many? And I was like, at this point, it's unmeasurable. Like, at the beginning, it was, it's hitting Lee. It's hitting uh, Baylor. It's hitting LSU. It's hitting Texas A&M, right? And... Very similarly, it's a sovereign presence of the Lord that brings about mostly a posture of reverence and worship. And people will spend hours and hours just on their knees praying and worshiping. That's mostly what it looks like. And you can search this. By this time, as many of you know, it's been, you know, it's been on Fox News, it's been on CNN, it's been, this is nationally known now. And we're beginning to see things all over the earth similarly. I know the Philippines and some other areas are really experiencing something significant right now. So, we're calling this a move of God. Many are calling it a revival. Um, let's call it a revival for the sake of that, revival observations. I want to say a few things, and then here's my heart. I refuse to stand by and not participate. Right? So, yeah, that's what I just want, I don't know, maybe to help us out in our participation a little bit. And then we're going to go into a time of prayer and asking the Lord, would you, however, bring us into this? I, you know, we want to pray, thank God for what he's doing, pray he does it more, bring it here, do it there, whatever, right? So, this move of God... And, and I'm just saying this funny, because what we're beginning to see now is a rise of Christian leaders who are saying, from 11 to 26 years, the Lord. And now you tell me, how many of you guys know somebody 11 to 26 years old in a, in a secular college? In a row on their face, 
can't be revival. That's not the Lord. Are you kidding me? Like, can you look at that and go, that's, it's fake. Can you make a 20-year-old fake it? Try it sometime. That generation, their D, is a generation of boredom. They can't even watch a whole movie till they're on to their, I've, my, <laughs> my kids aren't necessarily generation Z, but if my kids had their way, they, right, they, they're, they're just, that's how they're geared. So to have them sit in an environment, and what's interesting about this environment, it's very non, how do I want to word it? Careful. Non-charismatic in its expression. Okay, it's mostly a person with guitar, a lot of acapella music, what we would consider a dull atmosphere, um, and, and there's such a presence of the Lord, that's what's keeping them there, right? So, let's just acknowledge that's the Lord. All right, so some general observations. So, I just want to I've been a studier of, of revival. I've been passionate about it for a long time. Um, ask my wife about an embarrassing story, she'll tell you. Now, I'll bring you up to speed. We were at a marriage retreat. We just got married. We're at this marriage retreat. And there was an outpouring of healing happening in Florida at that time. And I was just inundated. I'm watching it online, and actually during a time, so embarrassed. We had this marriage thing, and a message was given, and we were supposed to go back to our rooms, and we were supposed to spend time with the Lord, examining, you know, kind of where we're at in our marriage, and asking the Lord various things about our marriage. Tara goes and do that, and I sneak over and begin to watch the revival. True story. I had to repent. That was wrong. But I've studied it, and I've, I've gleaned a few things. I've been a part of a move of the Lord that happened in Kansas City. Um, and I've, anyway, so I just want to bring a few things that I've observed in my study, in my participation of it, and things like that. So here's some common threads. Revival, number one on your notes, always precipitates change in both theology and methodology. One thing we can be sure of, if this is a move of God, things will never be the same. Let me just prepare you for that. If Generation Z truly is in a revival moment and the Lord is shifting and changing and moving things upon them, this church landscape across America will never look the same again. You can look at every revival that's ever happened, and that's the case. Azusa Street's a great example, if you're familiar with what that is. The First and Second Great Awakenings, great examples. Entire denominations, the Methodist movement was birthed out of, a, of something like this, okay? The uh, Assemblies of God was birthed out of that sort of ascetic, right? Sort of things like that. So let's just be two. Some people don't like this one, but it's a fact, and it's biblical. In unique moves of God, both in Scripture and in history, they're always followed by crisis or judgment. And sometimes that's really difficult to get because we have this kind of thing that says, are you kidding me, Generation Z? 20-year-olds are spending 24 hours in prayer and worship. Surely what we're moving forward is just kind of glory. But in every single revival across 
history, in the book of Acts, the Spirit was poured out, right? And resistance came. If you look at the first great awakening, the first great awakening happens, the next thing we see in the landscape of America is the Revolutionary War. The second great awakening breaks out. The next thing that we see is the Civil War. We see the Jesus movement happen in conjunction with Vietnam. Right? We can just, you can look at history, the, the spirits poured out in the book of Acts, and then great persecution comes. And so we see this, and I just want to, like, don't be alarmed if there is a resistance to what the Lord is doing, and bigger than that, if the Lord isn't in his kindness giving a solid place to the church to endure a time of crisis. All right? Number three, it's always mixed with error. It's always mixed with error. And this is where criticism comes in because revival begins and then something happens and you go, I don't think that's biblical. Revival's happening and, and then, it, or, or a great revival happened, the whole thing is dismissed as not from the Lord. Here's the, here's the deal. The Lord reaches down and touches Generation Z right now. How many of you guys think they've got holiness locked up? They're just so Christ-like, right? Say and do is going to be in perfect righteousness. No way, right? That does not say the Lord's not moving. He's clearly moving. And it's easy to get kind of critical or even sidetracked when we see error he uses the lord pours his spirit out on weak and broken people right and we're oftentimes so offended when that weakness or brokenness comes number four it's generally indiscernible and catalyst what started the asbury revival from everything that i've read about eight students lingered and it grew Like, what do you do with that? Student linger, the Lord's going to pour out a spirit and 50,000 people are going to show up in a week. No, that's not, you know what I mean? Who would think that? Almost every move of the Lord has been indiscernible in how it exactly started. But it's clear when it happens, right? And I'll get, I'll get a little bit more into this a little bit further on. But there's generally only two, as all the revivals that I've studied there's two catalysts for every revival that we've seen, corporate gathering and hunger. And you might say, what about repentance? I can name you about five where there was no repentance. Book of Acts, the 120 in the upper room were not in a spirit of repentance. They were in a spirit of hunger, saying, Lord, you said you'd pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, right? And so we'll get into that in a minute, but, but this, Asbury was clear, like, we weren't contending for revival. We weren't, you know, doing a sacred gathering to really see the Lord pour out his spirit. That was not what was happening. That's not what was happening at Azusa Street when that happened. Um, that's not what was happening. The first and second great awakenings were clearly, I mean, the Lord started to really clearly breathe on a few leadership individuals, and they had so much power, it generated a response. Okay, let's go ahead and flip the page. 
normally the why of what God is doing is only discernible in hindsight. Oh. And I would encourage you, I don't know if it's the question, I think there's a more important question when we see revival break out. It's not, why are you doing that? And it, we get caught up, right, in that mode. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't know Generation Z. I don't know if you decided to do it at Asbury. I don't know why, what I would call a, a, a such a mellow, absolutely moving, and I want to be a part. Okay? So B, we want to common participatory errors. How do you like that? That I've read with what the Lord's doing, but a part of that will hinder us from us. Okay, number one here, revival history is marked by rye of God's activity. That's one of the most glorious things about revival. It is so diverse. And people begin to laugh and fall out and creative miracles were happening. That marked that revival. Few. And would we take this and say that's revival and this is evil? But if you were to set a formula and say, here's what revival looks like. If people aren't falling down, be tend to do that. In fact, there was so much in, in the Azusa Street revival, there was so much initial self. When people kind of respond to the Lord, there was such a like, doctrinal statement began to emerge in the church and say, unless you're speaking in huge air, the Lord's not even moving on you. That's where it went. That's a denomination began to have that as their standard of whether or not you were saved. We do like this. We all do this. Well, that one time when I prayed for Billy, pray that way for everybody. We do this. And I want to encourage you, that is, it's just, you're going to derail, you're not going to be able to participate with the Lord. Because he However, it's incredibly common to generate these formulas during the move. I would not be surprised. In fact, if you read about this revival, here's what you This is a real revival because there's not celebrity worship teams. This is a real revival because there's not a main leader. So does that mean that the first and second great awakening, the organization that happened for Azusa Street to, to see all the healings that it did was fake or wrong? we got to be careful with this. We do. This is all over the internet. Fill in the blank. This is a real revival because there's no way that could have been humanly done. All right? So what is we kind of react or we, we become accustomed to how the Lord is moving during that time. Right? Because the Lord moved a certain way in revival in the 1970s. He did get it. But he's not moving that way in revival now. Right now it's different here. I've got the quote on Jeremiah Johnson said, I'm a revival expert. Many people think just because they experienced a move of God in a unique way that he has to move in that same way elsewhere or in another season. Worship, how we, whatever. When I played these keys, when I sang this song, when I stood up and raised my hands, I encouraged, when I, when I went over and did this, that's when the Lord, and so we, we formed that. In a place where you're, you're not even open that much to if the Lord wanted to totally shift and say, here's how the revival's going to happen. Everybody sit down, no music, and just wait on me. Nobody be open to that. Because we're so set on it's a certain way. And that's because of past. All right. It's not a validation of personal righteousness. This is so common. 
And it's so common in us. Like, how many of you guys long for revival? Like, I'm serious. Like, it's okay if you don't have it. Almost always go, if we would do A, B, and C, revival would come. And all we have to do is get the church to do A, B, and C, and revival's going to happen. Then we need to get rid of our drums and go back to hymnals. How many of you guys are willing to do that? Not have everything right. 20-year-old college students don't have everything right. The Lord is not responding to validate their righteousness. He's responding in his mercy to a broken people. See that broken. And then we get offended when we, the Lord showed up because we hit it just right. And so because we've built up this, we are religious. And we're going to hit it just right. Well, the Lord didn't move this time. What did I do wrong? Probably nothing. If you're at all familiar with how much work the Lord needs to do in you, you're probably honest enough to say, it probably wasn't my goodness and his mercy. Actions, behavior, whatever that brought the Lord. It's his. <clears throat> Why does he give certain people platforms? Because he's kind. But he gave, he gave Asbury Seminary a platform. Why? I don't. And he's done this in revival. Right? Godly people, actually, they're just like you. I just kind of my encouragement, we see this happening. Beware, because this is, you go on the internet, you're going to see this kind of stuff every way. Guard yourself. Beware. As we participate, I believe we're going to see the Lord move and it's going to touch um, the Lord's earth in a great way. I believe there's something huge going on. In, and I just want to position us to be able to um, because it, it's easy to get prideful and religious and formulaic and we things that I want to encourage us. We're saying we want to participate with this, and Ryan, you can come on up. Encouraging us to uphold him. Participate. One is a heart of. Uh, I've been actually bothered by thankfulness for what the Lord's doing. And more of a, I demand, if he's doing it there, I demand he does it here. And so I just want to encourage us, let's start by celebrating and thanking God for what he's doing. But let's not ask the Lord to, to do something more until humility. Let's weed out any legalistic or formula-forming postures that lead. In a prideful way, you're coming and saying it has to be, like, just weed that out right now. Because you're going you're gonna, to, if you'll only participate when it's on your terms. Does that make sense? Number three, so let's stir up that eagerness to just saying, I don't care how college campuses, amen, I say yes to that. If you want me to go there, amen, I say yes to that. If you, but we do want to participate, amen? So there it is.